Blu-ray for Hollywood. Hollywood. Folks, surprise. It is time. Surprise, surprise. It is time for the first annual Austin Danger Podcast Oscar special. What? You yeah. thought that we would wildly pivot into just a movie podcast that happens to have Austin Powers stuff in it and not talk about the Oscars? You are delusional, my friend. Yeah, we're here, baby. We're building our ballots. We're talking about snubs. We're talking about our opinions on 2021 releases that are nominated at the Academy Awards. And I'm pumped. I've never been like a person who's this plugged in, I think, to Oscar stuff. Like I've always been just a casual watcher and casual movie person. But I felt really dedicated to watching all the nominees and like being plugged in this year. And I've had a great time. Did you know I was almost going to do a Billy Crystal style medley of uh, song parodies about the Oscars. But I realized that there are 10 of them. That's a lot of movies. I mean, to start, before we get into the thick of it and the actual nominees, do we want to talk about the people and movies we wish were nominated? I think that'd be best. So the big glaring one for me was The Green Knight. Mm-hmm. It, like, it's, it was an incredible movie. It was my favorite probably of last year. Interesting. Um, I would have... Yeah, I just loved it. I mean, it's totally up my alley and my 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 fiance and I saw it like three times in theaters and <laughs> loved it a lot and um I really really would have loved to have seen it in cinematography. It is insane to me that it was not in costumes and makeup. I mean, the knight himself is a practical makeup. Like that is is impeccable and the performance that happens through that makeup is amazing i would have loved it if it kind of snuck in the way nightmare alley did with some more design aspects because it was a beautiful looking movie mm-hmm. and i just loved it i wish the green knight was nominated yeah i don't know i feel like i feel like the, the hype around the green knight was so red hot when it came out that it only makes sense to me that it would have been forgotten at the end of the year where it was very crowded Oscar season yeah. was extremely crowded this year, um, which made it difficult. A lot of these movies we're going to talk about did come out either in the first half of the year or within that season and got buried under stuff. Um, yeah. I also, for the record, had Green Knight for cinematography and costume and makeup because the whole, it just uh, maybe production design too, because it just looked incredible. Yeah. A big one that also for me was Come On, Come On, a really sweet, small movie, Joaquin Phoenix. I kind of wanted it to get in for a screenplay. I thought it was a beautiful screenplay. And sound. I loved the sound design of that movie. I, I mean, the whole, so much of that movie is about sound and the way we hear the world and the way these characters hear the world as audio producers and storytellers. And I think the sound would have like, it feels like it's a small award, but it would have made so much sense for Come On, Come On in a way that I would have loved. Like, I would have wanted that to win. Like, um, so th- that was a big one for me. Yeah, I also had Come On, Come On for Best Screenplay. I feel like Jackie Boy's performance, Joaquin Phoenix's performance is also underrated. But Yeah. You know, and another thing about Come On, Come On, if you're in broadcasting, if you do podcasting as a hobby, if you speak into a microphone at any amount of time, this is your All the President's Men. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe we're biased on that. But if you haven't seen Come On, Come On, like it is a real shame because it's really sweet. When I saw it, I thought it was a total shoe win. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think the big one that is, I think a lot of people feel this way, and I would have wanted him, I think, possibly to win if he was nominated is uh, Simon Rex for Red Rocket. Yes. I would have loved to see him in lead actor. Red Rocket is a movie that the plot and everything about it, I felt 
like I should hate. And <laughs> Simon Rex, he is electric. He is fire in that movie. He is so charming. He is so funny. He is so natural. He is so charming and amazing. And it was just a really amazing performance and a really great movie. I also have Red Rocket for best screenplay because I Ooh. love the way that Baker has kind of invented this world where it's a real testament to the work, how connected you feel to disgusting things, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because Red Rocket is is the story of how a reprehensible person manipulates innocent people into doing disgusting things for his benefit. Just the masterful creation of something you don't see anymore, which is a, um, a main character in a film that uh, qu- makes you question your like thought process as you watch the film yes am i am i charmed by him oh like no no i hate that i love him yeah um just some great storytelling in my opinion uh really again like in a year of great screenplays this was great and uh, i was bummed to not see it i have the french dispatch on here which i know is like i feel like a polarizing choice because you either love him or you hate him when it comes to Wes Anderson. I have sure. opened my heart and I love having fun. And so I have fallen in love with Wes Anderson movies over the last year. Welcome. And though the French dispatch is like his most stylized almost, I, it, it the fact that it was not in for editing and production design is mind blowing. If I sound kind of ambivalent about everything else we talk about short of Dune, it's because I have Dispatch here for picture, screenplay, Jeffrey Wright supporting actor, cinematography, and production design. Uh, this is a major miss. How you could have missed this, you know, maybe it's because people get turned off so much by Wes Anderson now because he's made so many films, is that they choose to judge it so early. If the subject matter doesn't resonate with you also, that's a major uh, block here for a lot of people. And then it just yeah. becomes Wes Anderson being Wes anderson for two hours. Uh, which is reductive, but if it yes. doesn't resonate with you, you're going to get reductive about it because you're bored. And if you go in wanting to hate it because it's Wes Anderson, then you're going to hate it because <laughs> you're not too. even trying to enjoy it, I think. That too. Um, and I only have one more that's on my snubs list that I believe you have as well, which I, I feel do. like I don't know who on the earth would not have this. Um, the worst person in the world is being recognized, uh, rightfully so, in two categories this year. And I know a lot of people really want, I don't know how to say her last name, but Renate, the lead actress, to be nominated, which would have been great. She's amazing. But for me, the star, the the resonant performance in The Worst Person in the World is um, Anders Danielson Lai in Supporting Actor. Mm-hmm. He is mind-blowing. The final 30 minutes of that movie and the performance he gives in that in that portion is... Um, probably one of the best performances I've seen, period, in years in a new movie. It, he is he is he is incredible, and it makes me really sad that he's not recognized here. Yeah, it's it's mind blowing. It's crazy how you could watch both that, that he's movie. He's not there, and that you could. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. Yeah. So that's that, those are my big snubs. Yeah, we pretty much covered most of my list. There are a couple I want to shout out before we move on to the real ballot. Yeah. Um, pig. Let me tell you, uh, oh, why are we doing an Austin Powers podcast? What are we doing? Like, I know we're doing Terminator next week and that's exciting, but I almost want to break format. Stop the wheel now. Um, It is. So I'm very susceptible to movies that are about grief lately over the Mm. last couple of years. Um, But Pig, uh, what an amazing debut. 
uh, for this director, Michael Cernowski, I think his name is. Mm. Um, two great performances. Uh, I I did not put Alex Wolf as a snub here because crowded category now. We want to talk mm. about snubs. Um, crowded category now. Uh, but Nicolas Cage uh, gives a great leading performance in a way that tricked people into thinking he was doing a weird John Wick movie and disappointed people who were wrong about the film. Even though, of course, the joy of Pig is the surprise that it is this deeper piece about grief. Um, just a wonderful performance, and I would have liked to have seen Nick there. Um, take some time away from shooting Renfield, the Dracula movie, where I... he's playing Dracula. <laughs> Hello. The movie is not on the same scale as these big studio movies, and that narrative isn't quite as strong if it's like this uh, come-out-of-nowhere neon indie. Mm. Um, so I understand that, but man, it's a great performance. Um, another snub, Mike faced, we mentioned him West side story, uh, very, very late runner snub for me, mm. but, um, talk about a guy who, again, he holds the entire movie from the Jets side on his shoulders. Now, uh, the character who does it on the shark side did get nominated and will likely win. Thank goodness. But it would have been great to see, uh, Mike faced who saves the movie from uh, Angel Hair Wharf Short. Um, I think the biggest snub that we haven't mentioned and my final one is Denis Villeneuve for Dune. Yeah. Um, now, not going to win, right? Wouldn't win. Not this time, right? He's got to finish the book. As I think the, the vibe. Yeah. I feel like the entire Academy narrative around Dune has been get part two greenlit and then we'll talk. And <laughs> yeah. part two is shooting in the fall. So then we'll talk 2024 Austin danger podcast. I mean, you know, um, hearkening back to last week, we could play that video again. The greatest picture of all time was made and you're not going to recognize the director who made it the worm, you know, like it could just, <laughs> we could, we could just, we could place that there. I'm not saying that's my feelings about Dune, but it is a great picture. And so I feel like you could kind of move that over um, there. They they tried to spin a really awesome narrative going into this Oscar cycle of like the childhood dream and showing the storyboards and stuff, but it's not a narrative you can't tell again because mm -hmm. now it's done. So I'm excited to see Dune Part 2 and I'm excited to over speculate and waste a lot of internet clout on praising <laughs> Dune Part 2 at the Oscars in two years. And now we dive into our real ballots, the actual people who were nominated this year. So we are not going to go in the order that they're announced and given out, but we are going to start with the biggest, best picture, just because I feel like let's go through the pictures. Let's talk about them. We can talk a bit about what we think these pictures are going to take home, why we loved them, why we hated them, all that jazz. And so going in alphabetical order, let's talk Belfast. Yeah, Belfast is one, you know, um, just like with grief, Irish stuff, which um, after doing some research turns out to be just the most vague Irish stuff possible, really <laughs> susceptible to me. So I got caught up in Belfast, you know, when they go to the movie theater and they see Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, I was like, this is movie magic. I teared up. I got chills. It was wild. It was wild. Things have changed in the five months since <laughs> Belfast came out. 
I would be curious to see what I think of it again. Like now mm-hmm. that we've seen all the rest and that some of that family friendly family story energy has been given to our next topic. Um, but I mean, there are people I know you did not like Belfast very much at all. No, I, I have a friend, a mutual friend of ours, Wes, who I consider my movie soulmate because there are very few <laughs> movies in which Wes and I feel differently about. And I saw his rating for Belfast and I went, Oh no. <laughs> oh no. I'm and then I, yeah, I just did not like it. It did nothing for me. I am kind of, I say famously amongst me and my fiance, a Kenneth Branagh hater. I just, I don't, um, that's a whole other podcast uh, of why Interesting. I, I just don't like him as an actor and a director. So I kind of went to it not like ready to dislike it, which is on me, right? I, I, this is a movie I went to with a bit of a closed mind because I was like, I just hate Kenneth Branagh. And I was hoping that I would be proved wrong. And I was hoping that the performances or the writing or the emotion would crack through that that mind that closed mind and it just didn't i just felt the directing was really uncreative which is why it it blows my mind he's in directing uh i just it it, it didn't there was nothing new about this to me uh there was nothing that struck me but i don't want to hate on people that loved it because it's also i see why people like it it's just it wasn't quite my thing it's like a warm bowl of oatmeal but it is warm (laughs) the family-friendly film i liked the most the narrative has been Picking up steam for this next film, Coda. Holy shit, the narrative around this movie right now. (laughs) I can't believe the momentum Coda has going into the Oscars. I could not, never have predicted in a million years. Did I see the same movie? Everyone else (laughs) seems to like, I, look, it's fine. It's It's good. It's It's really cute. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Troy Coatser. Amazing. uh, Troy Coatser got it here, in my opinion. No, he, he he elevates this movie. It's cute. It made me cry. Because of course it did. It's a sweet little family movie. Mm-hmm. And, and like it, it hit all those right spots. It, I think you even cited this in your review. There's a great review by David Elric that's like all the stuff that normally makes you groan you love in this movie. It's like it's, it's a hard movie to hate because at least for me, you know, there's these things where it's like, oh, it's cliche. It's cliche. It's been done a million times. Or it's like, well, I've never seen it with a deaf family. Sure, I've seen these themes, but I've never seen them with a deaf family. A predominantly deaf family and so like I like the cliche shit when I get to see people I've never seen tell these stories live in those cliches and so that's why it feels special to me but um the momentum is, is insane like I I am not on the coda best picture train I feel like it won best ensemble right at the SAG awards or something like that and then everyone immediately was like coda's winning best picture and it is it, it is astounding to me that a movie that has three noms total I'm shocked it landed in Best Picture for yeah. only having two noms. I just don't think it's going to win Best Picture, and everyone is, like, really convinced it's going to win Best Picture. Where are you landing on this, this momentum? Are you code ahead? I don't want to spoil the segment, but there is a movie. It's the right place. It's the right time. Yes. It's the right film. Those was released the right way, and it is a long time coming for the person who directed this film, <laughs> yes. and it's not Coda. No. That's all I have to say about that. But it, it's, it's you know, a very entertaining movie. I think I had it hyped up a little bit too much for me when I saw it. I think, mm. I think again, as we'll talk about when we get to supporting actor, uh, that, that Troy Coatser performance, holy moly. Yes. Um, talk about, like, again, 
I had to I had to I had to say Mike Faced wasn't a snub. That is how packed. That is how powerful a performance that is. Yeah. But oh man, if we want to talk about something I hate, <laughs> uh, we could talk about our next nominee. Don't look up. I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> We don't have to linger on it too much. I feel like this is a divisive movie. I know we have listeners that love this movie. I I just did not find it funny. I didn't find it to be a clever film. I didn't find it to be anything it was trying to be. If it just felt long and groaning and unoriginal and just poorly written, mediocrely acted by some of the best actors in the world, giving the most phoned in performances. Um, I just, I couldn't believe how much traction this was getting when it came out. And uh, I am a big, this is my least favorite of the whole slate of nominees. Um, I, I also hate the narrative that it's like, if you don't like this movie, you're like, <laughs> you're like a climate change denier, which is not how I am. <laughs> I, uh, I, I think that there's, this movie has just gotten really divisive and political in a way that I've disliked. And, uh, yeah, I just didn't like the movie. How do you feel about Don't Look Up? I already, you kind of hinted, but yeah. Our next nominee is Risuke Hamaguchi's <laughs> Drive My Car. You're going to let me take all the flack? Okay. No, 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 no. All right, let's talk about it. <laughs> no, uh, I didn't okay. finish it. I didn't finish it. Oh. Um, you know, I was just annoyed by it. It's annoying. Like, it's an annoying movie. It was just like... It was not enjoyable. I was not rooting for anybody. The satire was confused. I feel like um, this is certainly the kind of paper I would write and get a C on for being too meta in a high school literature class, Um, which is not a compliment. I am done with the Adam McKay self-important point movies, especially if we're not going to base them on real life anymore. You know, I was watching some clips from The Big Short this morning, and The Big Short, still awesome, actually. Hmm. Uh, And everything he tried there absolutely worked. So I guess lightning can't strike twice, right? Because I wasn't crazy about Vice either. And if if you think that this is satire and you enjoyed it, I highly recommend uh, Dr. Strangelove or How Hmm. I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, which is a real satire that is satirical and has characters you connect with. Um... Hey, and also, whether you liked it or not doesn't say anything about who you are as a person or as someone who watches movies. No, it way. got super... People got very, very, very um, biting about this movie. And I hated Adam McKay online, like, inciting shit uh, amongst people oh, who... Yeah. It just felt like a really... I did not like the launch of this movie. I did not like the week in which this movie came out. It was not a fun week. Not a great attitude to have when your three-hour-long satire is is like, so like I don't understand. Long. You know, I, I just, I just, mm, I, I'm sorry. I just, uh, you know, I did make a pact that I would not say a word on "Don't Look Up" until Oscars talk, and I kept my word. Look at you. Um, but it's certainly uh, just unpleasant. And speaking of long movies, we go from a long movie that makes me want to rip my fucking eyeballs out. To a long movie that enraptures me and moves me for all however many minutes of this film exists. Drive my car, as you said. Uh, amazing movie. I think it was a, it's a, it's a very, I don't think it's going to win this. It's, I think it's a pretty much a lot, not to give it away. I think it's pretty much a lock for a national feature. 
um, would be a cool surprise, uh, but it's a beautiful movie. I think that Drive My Car is amazing. How do you feel about Drive My Car? Yeah, I mean, so I saw it at uh, Film Forum here, like right before Omicron happened. Oh, wow. And I was really thankful to have, I mean, you saw it, it widened out. Um, it just opened in New York and LA in December. Mm. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, is there anywhere between LA and New York? But, um, yeah, at first I was like, is this movie too long or am I just stupid? And the answer is sometimes I'm just stupid. This movie is not long. It is a trance. It is. It's hypnotic. Meditative. It wraps its arms around you. So much so that, um, you know, when the title card comes a half hour into the movie, which isn't a spoiler because you're going to forget. You're going to get tricked. Um, trust me. You're not expecting that as much as you're not expecting the way that the first chunk of this movie goes down. Mm-hmm. An absolutely gorgeous movie, I got to say. And uh, it also raises the street cred of Vanya on 42nd Street, Louis Malle's, uh 1994 movie with uh, Wallace Shawn as Uncle Vanya. Oh my uh, Just gosh. that much more. So um, it's a win-win. Just amazing stuff. I, I'm I'm wondering why it's here. Yeah. I'm confused as to why it crossed. It broke through. I mean, I'm glad it did. I want more international features to cross over. I think it is. Um, you know, the last time, the last big time this happened, right, was Parasite. And right. I think they were two very different movies because Correct. Drive My Car has had a very slow trickle of love and it's on HBO Max now. And so a lot of people are able to see it and it's it's great and it's moving a lot of people. Parasite mm-hmm. was a cultural moment. I rem- like that was such a f- I have my Parasite ticket in my jacket still from the- when I saw that in theaters because I remember how exhilarating that time was where everyone no matter what their relationship was with international features and non-English language fi- films, was everyone was like, you have to see this movie. Don't look anything up about it. Don't know <laughs> anything about it. Just go in. And it was like this excitement where like everyone was coming together in this like excitement over this film. And I think that's why the Oscars felt so incredible that year is because when it won, it was it, it, it was the crowd pleaser movie. Everyone's complaining about how there's not crowd pleaser movies nominated. Like Parasite was electric watching that movie win and um i'm glad that there's crossover films right like i think that as sure um might have been bong joon ho who said like it's you know it's a it's a very local show i would like it to be less local i would like it to acknowledge other films but drive my car definitely hasn't had as big of a moment as parasite had so it was kind of shocking to see it here yeah, I mean, again, it's the, the things I'm talking about are like the runtime, the dense nature of the film, but but the word of mouth is strong, right? Oh, we yeah. love it. All of our friends who have seen it more or less absolutely love it. Even the most unlikely of people who I would never guess to have enjoyed this film, head over heels, loved it. So it's, yeah, it's a great movie. I don't, like I said, I don't think it'll take this. I think it's absolutely taking home international feature. It's cool to see. And once again, a lot of long, big, dense movies because we got Dune, the big blockbuster of the year. Yeah, here's our genre movie. (laughs) You know, the reason that they expanded it to 10 movies was because people got mad about The Dark Knight. So every year we have a studio genre movie and they pick the best one, which is Dune. (laughs) Um, I 
saw this movie early at the New York Film Festival. I I got bumped out of the Denny and Hans Zimmer talk or whatever, which I'm still a little salty about. Damn. But I did get to see the movie early. I bounced out of that place like a kid on Christmas. I could not believe what I've seen. Uh, I was pretty hype about it. Hmm. And, you know, the hype hype like that, the, the Christmas morning hype always dies down with time. But And I, I wonder what I would think of Dune if I saw it again now. Hmm. But I do look back. I went. I went four times, um, <laughs> and it is incredible. What an achievement! And I'm so glad it's here in Best Picture. I missed the cultural moment of Dune. It was like the week all of our friends got to see it, and it was like five stars rolling in. And then the first person to come in and give it two and a half stars came in, and then like the whole world shifted, and it was like the door has been unlocked for Dune haters, and then it became this like war of five stars versus you know I, it's it's hard not to be influenced right by seeing all your friends reviews like i love letterbox but that's sort of the 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 one negative side effect is i'm like oh god I, it's hard to not be influenced by everything sure. coming through and dune was just so big and so i just watched it like a couple weeks ago i mi- i I'm, I'm kicking myself i didn't see it in theaters um it's a great movie i understand the um downsides people have with it uh i just dug it i'm excited to see the rest of it i think zendaya is going to get in for lead actress for part two yeah you think so well we'll have to see i'd be interested i think it's a shoe-in based on the book but we'll see i just want to predict that now like years ahead of time (laughs) i want to just see if i was right it's a foregone conclusion speaking of foregone conclusions (laughs) folks will smith is back and um you know, King Richard, from the first trailer of King Richard, our next film, I had feelings about why it was made. Um, it felt like a parody of a movie that would be released around the time it was released. Um, and it did end up feeling that way to me personally. Yeah. It's a pretty good by the numbers biopic. It's like feel good. It's nice. It's color by numbers. It didn't blow me away. I didn't hate it. Uh, it just, it's a movie I watched. That's kind of how I feel about King Richard. I'm surprised it made it into Best Picture. Um, I see the narrative they want to build with Will Smith, and I'm happy for him, and I'm proud of him. He feels like a lock at this point. He's won enough predecessors, and the story is there. I wouldn't say it's a performance that blew me away, but I'm not angry that he's probably going to win. If I had to go with my family on Christmas Day to see it or whatever, you know, like people do, I wouldn't be uh, mad about it. Oh, yeah. And the thing that makes the movie good for me is the the profound love that they have for their father is so Mm -hmm. you can feel it. It oozes out of that movie. Every moment in that film, you can see how much they love their dad. And I think that's what makes the movie a beautiful love letter to him. So, yeah, I think that's what makes it worth watching is you can watch it and you can just see in the portrayal and the direction and everything about it, you can just see how much love for this man they have. And I think that's what makes it a really lovely movie. And speaking of things that start with L, I don't know, <laughs> lovely. <laughs> uh, trying to think of good, you know, transitions. Licorice Pizza. Paul Thomas Anderson's latest venture that is deeply uh, discoursed on the interwebs. Uh, probably not worth getting into. You can probably Google it yourself. Uh, there's a lot of various types of discourse um, of all kinds, really. It's, it wasn't just one. It had multiple um, things put to it. Um, I thought this movie was fine. I went on a bit of a PTA journey. This actually is pretty low on my ranked list of his films. 
It's like seven for me. Mm. It's a good movie. I love the way it looks. I love the performances. Um, but it doesn't give me much else outside of that for me. It wasn't a movie that I loved much outside of the aesthetics and the performances, which make an enjoyable watching experience. I could watch Alana and Cooper talk for hours. I love the 70s grit, the smoke, the colors. I love it all. Um, the just the story left me lacking. That's kind of my thoughts on it. You know, it's, it's, I think it's a great movie. I don't know if it's the best picture for me. Yeah, you know, um, I really loved Licorice Pizza. I question now, was my love for Licorice Pizza because I got caught up in the hype? I was mm. part of the first weekend audience in 70mm here in, the, in New York City. Like, is it because of the hype? Is it because of... I mean, I don't know, you know? I, I feel like there were things about the movie that could have been tweaked just so that would have made it a lot more enjoyable and a lot more relatable and a lot more, you know... Um, certain characters could have been like two years older and it would have been okay. <laughs> I fully uh, agree. And you still would have been able to set, like completely sync the themes of uh, nobody's perfect and kind of a broken world and, and all this and, you know, all of the things that he's trying to say. Uh, yeah. The Higgins thing, look, not mine to get offended about, uh, but not uh, awesome. Not a great look. No. Not a great look. Uh, if you don't know what the Higgins thing is, uh, check out Liquor's Pizza. You'll know immediately what I'm talking Get about. Get on Twitter. John Michael Higgins. Poor John Michael Higgins. I mean, he does a great job with, I mean, uh, I suppose. Um, I understand what he's trying to say there. Um, it just, it's, um, there's a great tweet going around that maybe I can link if I can find it. But it's just, it's, it's, um, impact is more than intent. And no matter his intention, the impact uh, is, is greater than I think he intended there. And it is not the impact I think he, he intended has happened. And I think he, um, what was disappointing is that Paul Thomas Anderson was not willing to acknowledge that, I think. Uh, sure. He was just like, oh, I don't understand. And that was, that was what was disappointing to me. I would have loved him to own up to like, oh, I did this thing. And though I meant to, to say something with it, it clearly is not what was said. Um, but hey, yeah. speaking of nightmares, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly the, that's exactly the segue I was hoping. Nightmare You're Alley. <laughs> Thank you. Nightmare Alley, Guillermo del Toro. Uh, yeah. I love him. I love Guillermo del Toro. I think that this is interesting that it snuck in here. I think it is because it's the follow-up to The Shape of Water, right? Mm, Wonder definitely. I, I mean, definitely. I loved that win. I love The Shape of Water. Amazing, uh, amazing wins for him. It hasn't really had a lot of excitement or buzz around it. So it's it's just fascinating to me that it made it in because I just feel like it's not a movie that's been getting a lot of buzz. Yeah, I mean, Martin Scorsese did write that great op-ed about like why you should go see it and how it's a love letter to film and mm. classic film, etc. I think it went in the I think it was uh, published in the LA Times. But outside of that, that's really that's really the only buzz I've heard from it kind of period. Yeah. I think, you know, um it's a really well-made film absolutely. that is absolutely uh, awesome to watch. But it is uh, disjointed, and the structure is a little wonky, and so it's hard even by the end, which is, you know, the movie is essentially two halves, one of which is, I, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago on the show, but it's lopsided towards the yeah. top. There's too much circusy stuff basically for no reason, because the story is actually in the second half of the film, where we see Bradley Cooper's characters rise and, uh, spoilers, fall. Um, it's especially bad when 
there's a movie of this story already that is an hour and 45 minutes long that is just as good as this version. Yeah, I have um, to watch that still. It's awesome. I I have to buy the Blu-ray. I forgot, of course, like I always do. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was cool. Didn't quite see the landing. It was a little too long, but like, I like that cast. I thought it was cool looking. Not mm-hmm. a best picture to me, but I do love Guillermo del Toro. Academy Award winner, Guillermo del Toro. Speaking of Academy Award winners, future Academy Award winner for best picture, The Power of the Dog is our next. I mean, that's my yeah. opinion. Look, um, it's the time. During the early pandemic, <laughs> during time. the early pandemic time, there were op-eds published by, you know, Chris Nolan specifically was a champion of the cinema and going to the movies. Now, Chris Nolan is the kind of guy who gets percentages off the gross of a box office. So in my mind, immediately I was like, F him, right? Like he's just trying to get more, you know, and it painted Tenet in a bad light for me in a way that I think was unfair. Mm. But all I'm saying, then I went back to the movies for the first time and I got lost in it. And I was like, oh, right, this feeling. I totally forgot about this feeling. This feeling you can only get if you put your phone in your effing pocket and you focus on the screen and you get lost in the dream world, right? Of the cinema. That has only happened at home maybe a handful of times for me. Well, maybe more than that. Yeah, I see where you're going. The power of the dog. The power of the dog wrapped its hands around me and it kept me in place the whole two hours. I was mesmerized by this film's uh, extremely precise pacing and editing and the uh, incredible, terrifying performance from Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, And of course, our favorite family, Plemons and Dunst um, (laughs) and the kid. uh, All just phenomenal, just phenomenal work. Um, it's Jane Campion's time. This is the film. This is the place. This is it. This is it. And if it, this gets fumbled, if the ball gets fucking fumbled with this, I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. Um, look, if Don't Look Up wins Best Picture, this is the end of the Oscar specials. <laughs> and I'll have this deleted. Watching. Yeah, this is deleted forever. No, I, I, I agree. It is It is so hard to watch movies at home. I love doing it. But it, yeah, the it's it, I am a normal person. My phone is a distraction. My life is a distraction. My dishes, my cats, my everything is a distraction. Mm-hmm. I sat down in the middle of the fucking day, like 2 p.m. to watch this movie. And I was like, I got to do it. I got to knock it out. And I agree. Could not leave my couch. I was mesmerized. It How she makes this like romantic horror feeling. I couldn't, I don't even know. I, it's like, it, it's mind blowing to me how she was able to set this tone and maintain it so perfectly for the runtime incredible performances incredible cinematography incredible writing incredible directing it is for me the head to toe great movie and i feel like the hype has died down around it which is why coda is picking up its little steam and i and i love that for coda like if coda wins i'm not gonna be mad it's a cute movie but i do think this movie is the best picture of the year I think it's why it says a lot when a movie gets this many nominations because so many pieces of this film worked. And I, yeah, this is my pick. This is my personal pick for best picture. Yeah, um, same here. Yeah. But we do have one final good movie. to. to though it is not my pick, it is a movie we talked a bit, uh, I think more at length on our last episode, Jaws. Um, but So we already talked about it quite a bit, but just to touch on it for here, West Side Story, Steven Spielberg. 
it's a great movie. We talked about it last week. You know, we both enjoyed it. We both hated it for certain reasons, but it's a good, it's a great movie. I'm glad I got into Best Picture. Yeah, you know, Steven Spielberg, measly Steve. All he has to do is just turn around and snap his fingers, and he creates, you know, what what I'm going around calling his best movie in ten years. Um, hmm. whether that's true or not, people like Bridges Spies. You know, so maybe, but no, I, I don't think that that I haven't seen it, obviously, but I, I think it's safe to say that this is his best movie in 10 years. Uh, really amazing work. Again, like I said on the Jaws episode, uh, a lot of really clever storytelling choices. And we'll get into the performance in particular that's being honored. Yes. Um, or being nominated here. But great performances by the ensemble working hard. And Rita Moreno is just great. So good job, Steve. Um, the Fablemans. We'll see you next year, buddy. <laughs> David oh, Lynch is going to be in that. Oh, that's right. I saw that. <laughs> uh, I'm happy that Steve is still prolific, or as prolific as he can be. Yes. Um, like, you know, uh, this would have come out way closer to Ready Player One, which I also didn't see, um, without COVID. So, mm-hmm. you know, but hopefully COVID helped percolate this movie a little bit and give them the time they needed to really, uh, like it, like so many other films, Nightmare Alley one particular um to kind of percolate yeah I don't know. but uh yeah that is uh west side story is a great movie you can watch it tonight tonight won't be just any <laughs> night when you watch west side story there you go so we've talked about all the best pictures so now we're going to kind of quickly you know more briskly go through our ballots so obviously we both are going with power of the dog for best picture um i think Absolutely. we're also kind of tied as we said on best director jane campion yeah i mean <laughs> her time Jane Campion's year, yeah. And then we have actress in a leading role, and I'm going Penelope Cruz. Yeah, you know, um, it's a really good performance. I feel like this category is just... Chastain has all the momentum. I can't believe that. I like that movie fine, but I cannot believe it. Yeah, I'll say there is a difference between my personal preference and who I think will actually win. I think Penelope Cruz gave the best performance of this bunch. I loved that movie. It was my first on Motivar, and I adored it. But I do think Chastain's going to win logistically on paper because the, the momentum she has going into this is, is wild. That is – I, I um, love Jessica Chastain. Please She's great. Me wrong. But I, I just don't get She's it. She's the only good That's part crazy. of that movie for me. Um, I also want to acknowledge uh, friends of Kev will know – yeah, I don't know what Nicole Kidman's doing up here either. Uh, Terrible puzzling, performance. Puzzling. And utterly te- I mean, I talked uh, about it a bit <laughs> last week with Lucy and Desi, but being the Ricardos is just the worst. It's so bad. It's crazy. Terrible um, speaking performances. Speaking of being the Ricardos, having terrible performances. <laughs> Actor in a leading role. I see we both, I think, have a preference here. I think I want to say up front, it's obvious Will Smith's going to win. Yes. But my personal favorite performance of the batch was Benedict Cumberbatch, which is shocking to me. I am not a person who considers myself a fan of his. And I thought his performance was amazingly transformative in a way that was um, utterly um, mesmerizing to me. I thought Benedict gave the best performance out of these, out of this batch. I also want to give some love to Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Who absolutely killed it in Tick, Tick, Boom. Great performance. I think it's tough. I think it's a tough category, especially a category where the narrative is so clear and so uh, obvious. But it's an awesome movie, Tick, Tick, Boom. Yeah. Um, Once you're done with Power of the Dog, what a double feature that would be. (laughs) I think if Will was not here with 
the narrative he has, I think that Andrew would actually be the 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 kind of like dark horse win of like I don't know, I think he could have taken it if Will was not here. It would be not impossible, in my opinion. <laughs> and for international feature, once again, this is another category that feels like it's pretty locked down, as I mentioned with Best Picture. Uh, Drive My Car is my pick for this. I believe it's yours as well. Yeah, I went with Drive My Car. You know, I was I was thinking about it because Worst Person is so popular. I'm I'm curious about this one. And for production design... Though I do think Dune will probably win, I watched Nightmare Alley a couple days ago and I decided I'm going to say my pick for this would be Nightmare Alley because I thought actually thought the production design was kind of amazing and I think it'd be cool if it took something home. So that's my pick for production design. It does look great, although the production design is a part of the thing that makes the movie not as good because you want to sit looking at the production mm-hmm. design um, because they spent so much time on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, um, it, that's a tough one because the Dune production design is so undeniable yeah. and the scale of it is just so crazy. Yeah. I think Dune's going to take a lot of, a lot of things home, I think. And speaking of Dune taking things home. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Cinematography. One. I think that Dune is an obvious win for this. Yeah. You know, I had power of the dog for a second. I, well, because- my choice is actually is power of the dog. Right. Because I I thought Dune was a lock. And then I actually wrote a really interesting article about the narrative around cinematography for Power of the Dog that I didn't realize was there. I didn't realize that um, Ari Wegner, I believe is her name, is only the second woman ever nominated for cinematography. And she would be oh, the first woman to ever win because the other woman who was nominated in 2017 um, did not win. So I thought... I don't know if they've been playing that narrative a lot, but it would be a cool narrative to be the first female winner of cinematography. And so I kind of am going for Power of the Dog because I think it might be a little bit of a um, late-in-the-season narrative. That would be kind of interesting. Very interesting. That changes things <laughs> a bit. And it's beautiful work, too. I'm not saying it's just for the narrative. Like, the work in... The way that movie's sure. filmed... That's... I mean, everyone talks about the cigarette scene. The way that camera... The, the way the camera tells the story there is um, breathtaking. Like, she did amazing work as a director of photography on that movie. So, yeah. Looking down, looking down at Benny while he's playing the banjo. <laughs> mm. it's, it's amazing. Like, Cinema. the cinematography in that film is is amazing. I think it is not as grand as Dune, but I think it is just worth, it is just as worth the um, awards as Dune. Uh, speaking of things that Dune definitely <sighs> will pick up, uh, visual effects. That's Dune. Um you know, this movie felt like uh, Cecil B. DeMille Bible epic. <laughs> it did. Okay, it felt like it felt like the Ten Commandments sitting in IMAX. It felt like the last movie that should ever be released because nothing will top how crazy big it yeah. is, and that's all pulled off. I mean, they did go to the desert for real, but the visual effects and what was done are just absolutely sensational. And speaking of sensational, lots of great documentary features. Um, I will not lie. I did not get to find a lot of them. Some of them are just like literally not available anywhere. Um, my yeah. pick for this, I thought that Flea, just because it is such an impactful narrative, would be a, an easy win. But a Summer of Soul, I preferred actually as a documentary. I thought Summer of Soul was awesome. And I think Summer of Soul has the more popular vote. 
And so I, my vote's for Summer of Soul. I mean, Flea's a great movie. I think it's really well made. Uh, I think the rest of these will be streamable. I think Attica is a Showtime doc oh, or something okay. like that. I want to check them out. I genuinely do. Uh, speaking of things that we love to check out, we love music here at Austin Danger Podcast. And uh, what better way to celebrate music than with the best original song? I don't have any strong feelings about this category. I'm going with, I just wrote the one from King Richard, question mark, um, because, <laughs> because Beyonce did that song, right? Yeah, it's been a long night, folks. I don't know. It'd be cool to see Beyonce win. I think I'm sure freaking Lynn will get his EGOT or whatever with uh, yeah. Encanto, but I think it'd be cool to see. I'd rather see Beyonce win an Oscar than I'd than I'd rather I'd rather see her win over Lin Manuel. So Austin Danger Podcast endorses Gold Member's own Beyonce. Oh yeah, Award. we gotta support Foxy Cleopatra. Are you kidding me? You kidding me? Um, <laughs> I love that. I love that this exposed how Oscar submissions work. Um, <laughs> in that people got mad that they're you know they're doing the song. That's uh, not even nominated. If you thought, by the way, that they were going to cut five categories and not do We Don't Talk About Bruno, what are we doing here? Crazy. Anything to get you to watch. Speaking about what are we doing here? I don't know. (laughs) Animated feature. (laughs) It has been a long night. (laughs) Animated feature. I loved Mitchell's versus the machines. I watched Mm -hmm. them all and I loved that movie so much and I would love it to win. Encanto's probably going to win. Honestly, it is like pretty low on my ranking of these movies. Like I really like, like Flea's amazing. Wild that it got in here. Um, mm-hmm. Though I would love to see it take something home. I would rather see Mitchell's win. I liked Raya a lot better than I liked Encanto. I, I just, Mitchell's is my vote. I have kind of a hot Encanto take. Um, Tell me. I don't think the music is, I mean... It's I, not as memorable. The, the one song is memorable. The one that's nominated, I don't know what that song is. I watched the movie. <laughs> what the fuck is that song? It's it's the it's the song from the flashback when they're hunted down in the Civil War. I don't or whatever's going on. I don't on there. remember that at all. Like I oh, could yeah, not that's sing like the that big song. Emotional crux of the whole. I mean, movie. <laughs> I remember I remember the scene, but I could not hum that song for you. Like I don't know what the song sounds like there. Yeah, you know what's crazy about this is I was like thinking about the Madrigal, the House Madrigal song, and I was singing it to myself, and I was like, "Wait a minute, this is the song from Moana. <laughs> this isn't the song from this is from Moana, not Encanto." Yeah, and you know, not for nothing, but musical theater songs, which these, you know, Howard Ashman and Alan Menken saved the Disney Company on the back of show tunes, right? So everything show tunes. You hire a guy who does show tunes. The songs are so predictable. Show tunes are about being lightly surprised with fun lyrics and and unique melodies and stuff. And the rap is placed the exact same place in every song, and it's in every song the same way. It's yeah, boring. It's boring. Another one that I think kind of is going in with a little bit of a lock is makeup and hairstyling. I am going with the eyes of Tammy Faye just because though I think those performances are exclusively from makeup and hairstyling at times, it seems like it's the popular choice going in. I don't super have a passionate feelings about it. Jared Leto's headpiece in House of Gucci, which was <laughs> converted into public housing for 15,000 people in the city of St. Louis, was incredible. That's all I have to say about fil- uh, hair. <laughs> Moving on to film editing. I am not someone who's going to claim to know a lot about what makes 
editing good i feel like i see when editing is bad i feel like good editing right. just makes the movie good and you don't notice it um i went with dune because it seems to be once again the popular winner here and i don't have a lot of expertise with editing and i thought it looked cool so i'm just going with dune i think tick tick boom had some cool stuff going on again i'm not the one i did one video project in community college <laughs> 12 years ago right so what do i know power of the dog probably also i don't know yeah i think uh, don't look up is bohemian rhapsody tier and if you don't know that then i'm sorry i guess you just didn't get it jinkies oh speaking of not getting it (laughs) this is a one we have already talked about we are so excited about i think we are both i think the world is ready for this award actor in a supporting role it's gonna be troy kotzer (laughs) it's not gonna be anybody else yeah, I think that this is designed for Jesse Plemons and Cody Smith-McPhee to split the Power of the Dog vote. Yeah. I think J.K. Simmons, uh, we've talked about him on the Spider-Man episode. He's one of my favorite actors of all time. He wanders around the set of being the Ricardos, <laughs> confused as to why he's there. It's a joke he's that he's for, nominated here. He's here because he won for Whiplash and Oscar remembers people. Um I'm, I love the guy, by the way. If this were like some great lead performance about Fred Mertz from I Love Lucy, uh, I would have rooted for the guy. It's just odd that in such a packed year with performances from guys like Mike Face, for example, and even Alex Wolf and Pig, like, come on, what are we doing? Um, love the guy. Troy's win is going to be amazing. I think that people are ready for it. They're so behind him. His press has been amazing. His wins have been amazing. He just seems like a genuinely great guy. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, he will make... It's going to be a historical win, which the Oscars love. Um, Marley Matlin is the only other person who is a deaf actor who's ever won for an acting award, I believe. And um, he'll be the first in his category, second of all time. And it will be very deserved because the moment... uh, There's a beautiful scene with him near the end of him watching his daughter sing to him that brought me to my knees. And I said, this is what's going to win him the Oscar. And I believe that truly Troy Coates or Marie Matlin's great, but Troy Coates really is. If you have to get objective about it and measure things out, the glue, the glue. that or whatever that, that holds everything together and elevates it beyond the camp theater teacher. Speaking of things that hold everything together, the script normally does that. And we're talking about screenplays. Let's do original first. My personal favorite out of this bunch is the worst person in the world, if I'm being honest. I would love to see it. I don't think it's taking international features, so I would love to see it win something. And But I do think that Licorice Pizza is probably going to win, only because it's getting a weird uh, end-of-season bump, though that bump is leading to a lot of online backlash. I'm not quite sure where this category is going to land, but my favorite was Worst Person. Where are you at? I think this would be a great place for for Worst Person to shine, especially because because of some bewildering choices higher up on the bill. We're not seeing it in Best Picture. Yeah. And its Best International is uncertain. I think uh, Original Screenplay would be great. I, I do agree with you that the Grish Pizza is kind of getting an edge, which, again, for him to lose for, for better scripts uh, and to get, again, uh, forced narratives are never cool. It, so. it feels it feels unearned. I feel like, yeah, he's, he should have won for other things, and that sucks. Um, yeah. Also, the, the other three in this category uh, don't belong. Sorry. 
don't belong yeah they're don't belong. jokes complete jokes it, it, like i can't i can't believe it and let's move to a category that actually is really really great actually i think that this adapted yes. screenplay category is incredible i think i would like to see the power of the dog win uh, i think it'd be cool if it picked up screenplay director and picture um i know people don't love sweeps but i think that'd be cool but once again coda is getting this weird burst of momentum near the end and i think that they just won like two screenplay awards so i put my money on them honestly weirdly i don't know maybe i don't know uh, i'd like power of the dog to win i think coda might win i don't know i feel like you know uh again coda really sweet lovely movie when we're talking about the academy award for adapted screenplay I'm not convinced. It's, I think Drive My Car has a better chance. Drive My Car would be and, amazing. You know, Literally anything in this category could win, and I wouldn't be mad. The, it, it's amazing. Coda, Drive My Car, Dune, Lost Daughter, Power. It'd be that that whole category is probably the strongest. The whole I think the whole year. I think Dune will talk in two years. Yeah, that's where I'm at with pretty much every like almost outside of production design and technical awards. That's pretty much where I'm at with Dune. Speaking of Dune talking. Original score, oh, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that this is a given. I don't think it's a sc- like. I tried to l- lol. I listened to the scores. I like put them on Spotify and I listened to them to actively decide which one I liked the most. Parallel Mothers is the one I would probably listen to casually. Dune is not a casual listen of a movie, a score. No, but it, within the film, it breathes life into the movie in a way that is impeccable hans is a is a goat he's one of the greatest of all times and he is i think criminally under rewarded by the oscars i think that this feels like his time this feels like a great win for hans zimmer absolutely i did enjoy the power of the dog score by greenwood i think um like a lot of our friends i think i prefer the spencer's score a little bit but it's close i i think that this is one of those where it feels natural to give it to one or the other. I don't think the other three uh, don't look up as a score. Like, again, sorry, not to keep relieving the point, but of of the pieces of Dune Part 1, right, the most complete feeling is the score. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the production design, and not to spoil it, but sound and costumes is what, like, everything material about it feels complete. So I have no problem endorsing Dune here. Speaking of endorsing Dune here. Yeah, sound. Once again, not the category I necessarily have an expertise about. I think West Side Story also feels like it could pick it up because it's a musical. But I think Dune would be a really cool um, win here as well. Just because it's such an immersive and like I I had like a subwoofer behind me. And even in my home, I was like immersed in the world. And the the audio aspect of that is such an important part of that world. I saw it again. Um, I did end up seeing it on the big IMAX here at, at Lincoln Square, which is great. But uh, the the movie, the, the Lincoln Center Film Festival Theater, I was like, oh, the sound's going to be terrible. Nope. Broke my brain. It was so <laughs> loud um, and bright. And uh, yeah, it just sounds uh, unlike any other movie we've seen. Yeah. Going into the final two, uh, costume design, I, Cruella is winning everything. I hate shit like this where it's like a stupid movie that like people kind of like the costumes and so it gets, I don't know. I think it's kind of dumb that Cruella is probably going to win this. I would rather see it go to West Side Story just because I don't think West Side Story is taking a ton of big awards like Picture or Director Home. I would love to see it get a couple right. of awards and I think costumes would be 
beautiful. Um, I hope Cruella doesn't win, but I think it might because it's like the one that's winning fucking everything for some reason, which is crazy. I feel like that movie came out three years ago. Why is it winning awards this year? I don't understand. It came out last year. I watched. Crazy to think about. I though, watched right? an illegal Google Drive version of Cruella. <laughs> oh my god! You won. I really did. I'm who won truly. Who do you have yeah, for this? I don't know. Again, this is one of the elements in Dune that is complete enough to endorse, in my yeah. opinion. Um, and any any other component that would have felt complete, I would also have endorsed, right? Again, in two years, I'll be singing a different tune. Tune. Um, West Side Story, great costumes. Nightmare Alley, great yeah. costumes. That little Indiana Jones outfit on, you know, when Danny Haas said that on 70 millimeter, where uh, Bradley Cooper kind of looks like Indiana Jones, I was a little skeptical. But I left wanting Indiana Jones. Yeah. Weird. Very weird. Um, Cyrano, will we ever watch it? <laughs> it's a mystery. Who knows? Oh, man. I'm sure it's great. Period piece gets you, you know. It got enough. really, great. I think, fucked over by how late it's released, Scott, because I think that it would be getting a bit more attention had it had a bit more of a lead up. But, you know, what didn't have a lead up and still got some attention and is rightfully getting attention in our final category Something I love about this year is that I feel like the supporting role awards feel so locked down and like no one's mad about it. Everyone is so excited to see Troy Kotzer walk that stage and everyone is very excited to see Ariana DeBose, except we already talked about it a bit, but like she's winning this, right? Like there's no way someone else is scooping this, right? Right? Oh, no. This is a superstar. This is a superstar. Absolutely. Okay. She's a movie star and in the making, absolutely. The story is there. Give give it to DeBose. Yeah, please. the thing is, if She's I had to pick a second place, I would pick Kirsten Dunst because I think she is overdue for yeah. um, recognition from the Academy. It sucks that she landed on a year with such a compelling narrative with DeBose. If DeBose wasn't here, Kristen would, Kirsten would be a lock for me, absolutely. But mm-hmm. the narrative is there. She's amazing. She, I mean, I, I loved her in prom. You know what I mean? Like she is a actor, singer, dancer. I, I love the kind of this kind of new generation of true showmans that we're getting with young Hollywood. You know what I mean? Like not a big fan of Holland, yes. but like, you know, he's, he's a, he's a song and dance man. Mike face, all these musical actors that are blowing people's minds. And rightfully so. I really love this new era of triple threats we're getting and ariana debose is the queen of them and i'm so glad she is i hope i cannot wait to see her do more i hope that this is an incredible start to a long career for her i really really hope that same here i'm hoping that we get some more old school vibes not even in a remake um, but from some of these triple threats and yeah All right, that is our ballots for the academy awards this year you're hearing this the thursday before We'll see next week what happens. The timing of this is actually crazy because they'll they'll hear our reactions in two yep. weeks. <laughs> well, so we'll we'll do you know you heard Jaws on Monday. We're doing the Terminator, very exciting, and then next the week. next week all will be yes, revealed. Yes, we will see. We'll see where we shook out. Uh, thank you for joining us for this. Fill out your own ballots. Let us know what you think. And we will see you after the Oscars. Austin Oscar special peace.
If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Austin Danger Pod. This episode was mixed and edited by me, Mackenzie. Thanks for listening. <laughs>